We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? How about... Welcome, welcome to Garage Gamer. That's right, folks. Garage Gamer, the side project of Garage Hammer. This here is episode uh, seven of Garage Gamer, and today we will be talking with our foreign correspondent, Greg Dan. Greg, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hey. So uh, you were at the Black Library weekend, if I am correct. That's correct. Yes. And uh, other than being all full of jealousy, I think this is going to be uh, this is a great opportunity to talk to people. Uh, I know we got a lot of listeners who read Black Library, and we got a few who don't. And I think this will be a good opportunity to, to rope them in as well to the to the paper crack that, that we call the Black only Library. If my, only if I'm doing my job well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise that. <laughs> well, let's give it our best shot, huh? All right, so, you know, is this your first Black Library weekend? It is. It's my first Black Library event. Um, oh, okay. So what were they, you – I mean, I, I don't know anything about Black Library events. They don't happen over here, obviously. So, you know, what, what did you heard? What were you expecting when you were going in? Well, I wasn't really too sure, to be, to be perfectly honest. They, they have these Black Library live um, single-day events that they do through the year. And they've always, they're always on a Saturday, which is a bit has been a bit awkward for me. But um, I know they do a lot of signings uh, at Games Day, and that it's always all about the signings. Um, I also know of friends who have gone who are very into writing, so I was a bit concerned it was going to be really good if you want stuff signed, and really good if you want to learn how to be a Black Library writer. And me not really. I'm not really bothered about having books signed to some extent, and I'm, I, I can't write for Toffee. So <laughs> I was a bit concerned that I was going to be hanging around a lot, not hugely interested in what was available. Okay, so so you're going here sort of uh, on a whim then, I guess you'd say. It was, yeah, I mean, they had, the, the one thing is they had a, a list up of what was going on. The seminars were actually listed. I bought my ticket a week before one of the last few to get a ticket and so there was you know seminars listed as time of legends horace heresy audio but beyond that i didn't really know what we were going to get gw a very tight company they don't let anything on black library black library and forge world will tease that much more but is it worth 65 pounds which was the cost of the ticket plus me driving uh three and a half four hours getting a hotel and a weekend that's quite a commitment it cost me over 150 pounds um because i unfortunately i couldn't share with anyone okay uh and and a weekend so it's it was i was a bit you know trepidatious about is this worth it (laughs) 
Okay. I can understand that. I can totally understand that. So um, so they listed the event as the topics of their, their books, not as necessarily what the top, you know, like the format or where it was going to go? No, they, I mean, they had um, all the details were there. So it, it was held in a, in a hotel in Nottingham just off the motorway. And they had four rooms, for, so four seminars going on at once. And then like, two seminar blocks, a break, two seminars, a break, a seminar, and everyone out. And then the Sunday was like a half day, a little bit longer than half day. So you had a signing room where they rotated. All the authors got in the signing room, and you could queue up and get all your books signed. Okay. They had a question and answer seminar room where, obviously, they had people to answer questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's exactly that. what it says on the tin. Um, and then they had the two other rooms which they really spread around, things like uh, the art of Black Library, the art of Horace Heresy. I mean, Horace Heresy was a massive feature and was probably the reason I did buy the ticket in the end. Um, if anyone follows me on Twitter, they'll know that it tends to get talked about quite a lot. Jeez, uh, so, how long did we spend uh, on that when you were here in America before uh, just us, the two of us sitting around talking Horace Heresy? Long enough for Chris you to give in, <laughs> I think is the term. Yeah. So that was a major draw. So, yeah, there were, there were other subjects around that, um, around those. But it was it was all set out, but without really giving away, you know, unless you've been to one, you don't know exactly what, you know, question and answer sessions are question and answer sessions, but the other ones, you don't know how much you're going to get from, which is always a concern when you're spending a half-decent amount of money. Oh, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. But, I mean, we got, I got to the hotel and um, the, the foyer of the hotel just had, you know, a circle of tables with hundreds of black library books. Okay. Never going to miss a chance to sell you things. Um, <laughs> and being a, a Games Workshop event, there's a, a black library particularly, there's always going to be something pre-release. So I got the next um, Gotrick and Felix book. Felix book. I got um, a couple of books that just aren't coming out yet, and then they do the Black Library. Almost always do a chap book, so six short stories in an anthology. They right. do it for game day as well. So one of those for each day. Um, so I bought all that. Tried to resist spending too much money. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do too badly. Um, I was buying things for other people as well. So yeah. Um, and then we walking through a couple of corridors. They had banners everywhere. They had all the Horace Heresy cover art lined up on one wall. And opposite that, they had all the banners of the most recent, um, <clears throat> excuse me, most recent uh, um, cover art. So uh, Neferata, one of the... Uh, oh, I, I saw pictures of that. They're like huge banners. They were, weren't they like yeah. 10 feet high? And Yeah, 10 feet high. They basically covered the whole window of, of walking down, you know, a couple... Uh, two and a half, three foot wide, ten foot tall. Um, and there's one where it's half an elf. I can't remember which book it's from. Um, it's I think not. that was uh, Blood of Anarian. Yeah, it's Blood of Anarian and the other one, because they, they join together to form the whole face. Oh, um, see, I haven't they, gotten the second book yet. I can't uh, wait. I think that's what it does. Anyway, I'm, I, I, I met up with Ben Curry and Marcus Pitt up there from Bad Dice Podcast. Oh, yeah, we I heard of them. Looking, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ben Curry used to be somebody, apparently. <laughs> he used to win tournaments and things. 
I'm sure you'll love me saying that. No, yeah, let's, let's, be, not, um, let's not pick on the, the, the number one Warhammer podcast guy uh, right now because Lord knows, Lord knows I'm, not, I'm not trying to issue challenges or aggravate anybody today. You're worried he might try and buy you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we, well, I was there with those, getting back to uh, the topic. Um, and we were, you know, we were taking photos and some of that artwork. That elf picture particularly, doesn't, didn't matter how close you went with your camera. That didn't break up at all. It was amazing. Really? It was, yeah, it was really good to see. That, that was plastered everywhere. I think, you know, some of the people in the hotel were a little bit confused as to what was going on when we all came in. But <laughs> They always are. Oh, it's brilliant fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them anything. Just just pretend it's all a big secret. Um, so, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the size was one thing as well I was a bit worried about. But I think there were only, you know... A, I don't know the numbers, but there can't have been more than a couple of hundred people there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow, that's kind of nice then. For all those seminars, only a couple hundred people total? Yeah, it was relaxed. And it, and that meant that in every seminar, seminar, even the really popular ones, there was always space. Excellent. You never felt like you were you know, jostling around, I have to get here, I have to get that. It was all very relaxed. Oh, I'm just going to wander over and listen to a bit of whoever and listen to a bit of this. Cool. Um, although, if you wanted to leave halfway through, it did make you feel a little bit worse. <laughs> <laughs> if there's only a small crowd. But uh, so, did they have? You said you walked in. There was a tons of books and stuff out there. Did they have any? Uh, did they? Did they do in the? You know, you're here, so you get a book early type thing. Yeah, as I said, um, the Time of Legends Neferata book was available early. Okay. Gotrick and Felix got a new book out. Um, I bought a couple. There was some I wasn't that. Yeah, there was some 40K stuff. Um, wait, wait. The new, not the anthology, the new Gotrick and Felix book. Yeah, I believe so. I'll tell you what, if you wait one second, I might even be able to find it. It's sitting. I've got like a, a pile of books somewhere that I bought. <laughs> Um, and I can't even see where I've put them now. <laughs> I've put them to one side because it's like well, of it's the, yeah. the pile of books that I'm, I'm waiting to read. Um, yeah, there's a, a new Gotrick and Felix one, I believe, um, that wasn't yet because I thought it was the anthology to start with. Oh. So, yeah, there was, there, was, there was a good, like, yeah, exactly. I would have known I would have had you buy me one. I'd send it over. Yeah, oh, there was dang. even... Even the um, limited edition artwork, so all the Horus Heresy covers come out, limited edition. Oh, nice. Artwork. Nice. There was um, Mark of Kauf, which is a book that's coming out in two books' time, Betrayals, coming out in January. Okay. Uh, so that artwork was available, and my friend's collecting that, so I managed to snap one of them up for him. Wait, so Betrayals so, coming out in January, so that's book 22? Um, 24. 24, oh, okay, I'm off. Just uh, Black Library Live, it, and Black Library... Horace Heresy section. I th- I'm pretty sure it's 24. In fact, I've got my um, Angel Exterminatus right next to me. I'm such a geek. Now, is, that, um, is Angel Exterminatus? Betray- that's-, that's the one that's just come out in hardback. That's book 23. So Betrayer, sorry, is 24. And apparently, um, a little tidbit for you, the latest to hit, um, the latest Beyond Deadline book, possibly Black Library have ever received. Um, they were, that was a running joke all, we- all weekend was Aaron Dembski Bowden missing deadlines. Um, and then, yeah, book 25 is Mark of Calf, a collection of short stories following on from Fear to Tread. Ugh. Uh, okay, no, sorry, so I'm on. on no, no fear. I'm um, on Nemesis, that's 13. You've got a lot to read. It's fine. Uh, I keep thinking I'm catching up and they're cranking them out almost faster than I can read them. It, it's all good. It's all good. Trust me. <laughs> 
I just want to get to Prospero Burns after seeing that snippet of the Space Wolves. I want to get it from their side now. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm a Space Wolf fan. Um, I know. Completely taking the mick out of me for being a Space Wolf fan. I've always loved them, but I've never loved them more than they are in that book. Um, it's very much a character piece on the Space Wolves. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. Well, like I said, I mean, I was really impressed by Thousand Sons. Uh, yes. And so then to get the, the with the, the parallax, you know, the the, you know, the well, companion piece to it. There's a there's a little bit of information we found out in one of the, the Horace Heresy seminar, sem, seminars. I can't say oh, words. Okay. Um, Dan Abnett was asked about um, Prosper Burns, and um, and I won't say anything more than that um, because it might ruin it for some people. But who um, was asked the question? They said, "Well, actually, I was supposed to write a thousand sons." And he was down to write that. Um, and he said, the reason I didn't was because I can't stand Space Wolves. Which you kind of think, oh, blimey, that's a bit heretical to say that. Um, but he didn't like the old kind of jovial, beer-swilling Space Wolves as they used to be portrayed, which I can understand. Okay. See, uh, that's before my before my entrance into 40K, uh, so I've it, only ever known them as the Angry Vikings. Yeah, they were the Angry Vikings who drunk a lot. Um, they're the only... Um, Space Marine chapter that brew the brew beer that can actually get Space Marines drunk. Yeah. Um, so they, they were very much that was part of it. They were always fighting each other in bars as well. They had great big long hauls on their ships. But um, <laughs> he said he hated that, and he didn't feel that he could write them as the antagonists with that attitude. So he he spoke to Graham McNeil and he said, "Look, do you mind if we swap? Because if I'm going to write them." then I've got to write them and not have them off to the side because I won't treat them right. Oh, and interesting. So, yeah, it, we, we picked up a lot of that kind of information came out of the weekend, which kind of, you know, makes you think about what's going on. It's, it's pretty good. That's cool. Okay, so, okay, well, since we're, since we're on to this topic, uh, why don't we talk about some of the different... Uh Seminars. Different seminar, or do you want to save that till last? Talk about some of the stuff you learned in the seminars and just cover the rest of the cover the we rest can, of the weekend we, first. Um, yeah, we, I, the I seminars are kind of the meat because that's I think yeah that's they the are. So let, um, let's let's cover some of the other stuff up, like you know how I mean the most of those seminars were you know in the morning till the early evening. I mean you had two hundred guys around. What were you guys doing for the guys and girls? And yeah. oh, that's quite, right, Lots quite a few females there actually. Um, we were chatting to one in a queue, and we, I, I kind of wanted to ask us, do you play the game? And then she said, no, I played Spoke once or twice, and I played a couple of other of the boardy-type games, workshop games, um, which got me interested, but not enough to play it, but I read some of the books, um, which is quite an interesting kind of dynamic. I think there are quite a few women who do read the books who don't play the games, which I found quite quite interesting. Um, in fact, I think there's probably quite a few people there who are more readers than our players of the game. Um, quite a few Americans oh, made really? a trip over, specifically, yeah. Uh, I think people, uh, quite a few Europeans, and I think maybe even Australian or two. There was people travelling, you know, this was the first Black Library weekend that they'd done. And they, it was thoroughly well supported. You know, there was a lot of strange accents going on. <laughs> yeah, all them weirdo Americans. Yeah, too right. They weren't too bad to be a, to be fair. Although CL Werner does have a hat with a rattlesnake wrapped around it and cowboy boots and <laughs> and everything. 
he possibly looked the weirdest of them all <laughs> in a nice way. Um, so yeah, so there was, there was, you know, a lot of interaction there, but they actually put on a, a panel type show. Yeah, we got a lot of panel, you know, comedians on panel shows in, on TV programs over here. Right. Um, and they were asked questions by, um, uh, I can't remember who it was now. I think it was Christian Dunn, who's um, one of the main editors for Black Library. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, we, we were in the crowd watching and they were asked questions like there was a round where they put up lines from books and the teams had to guess what came next. So you had Chris Rate was on one team with, um, Oh, blimey, I'm going to forget. Gray McNeil, uh, Dan Abner, um, Aaron Dembski-Bowden, Gav Thorpe were all up on the panel in various teams and then being asked questions. So Gray McNeil got asked a question which happened to be one of his books. And to see him, see him sitting there going, oh, I know which book it is, but I can't <laughs> quite remember which character is saying it. Well, and yeah, half the time them getting them wrong well, as well. How many, okay, how many books do these guys write? And what are they giving them? A sentence? Tough. I mean, how? But still, I mean, a sentence. <laughs> Absolutely, it, the, the sentences were iconic. Okay, so. but still, uh, let me let me put it this way: even oh, if, if if you went and took something that I did, and I mean, I don't have books, but let's say you took clips from the show and played something that was really funny that I would actually remember, dude. I probably couldn't tell you the episode number it was. I probably couldn't just oh. because you 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 you'd finish it and you move along. You know, I mean, these guys, we sit and we read the books over and over. These guys write them and live with them for a year, and then okay, I got to move along. You got to feel yeah. for him handing him a sentence like that. Oh. Of course, if it's that iconic, I suppose it's worth a good laugh on their but that, expense. That's the whole point, isn't it? To ask them questions about their own that they can get wrong and the audience can laugh at them. Uh, <laughs> what makes it even funnier is when the other team get it right. You know, <laughs> no wrong character, <laughs> things like that. And and some of the some of the lines where you know, um, uh, Loken looked up, raised his head, you know, knelt down and looked up. Um, and looked deep into the eyes and said <laughs> at someone it was it was little comedy things like that you know it was the <laughs> when you leave a word out of a sentence you can make it sound as however you want to can't you oh yeah but um so that went on there was there was lots of different questions coming up there was like you know offering them artwork and things like that and the audience got to shout out a few answers and put a few people in their places which was it was quite entertaining um my only issue with that and I know that some people absolutely loved it. But you're asking six authors to be entertainers. And although people in general can be entertaining, it's not their natural bent. Um, right. There was time, like, you know, Gav Thorpe was sitting there quite happily with a pint in his hand. And he said a couple of things through the whole hour and a bit. And they were quite funny. But apart from that, it was a bit... I think it just could be done better, I think, is what I'm trying to say. But it was their yeah. first go at it. Um, so I think we'll let them off. <laughs> okay. And then after that, there was something called Pitch Factor, which is based on the X Factor okay. um, thing. You've got a, a, a minute to uh, a minute to pitch a, a short story, a thousand word short story. Uh, and I saw this, and I thought that'd be entertaining to go to. And then in the introduction, they said, and it will be published in the last, last Hammer and Bolter issue they do, which is next year sometime. I was like, "Oh, that's a bit different. That wasn't really advertised." So, you know, at like nine o'clock at night, we were in there. There's budding authors running up trying to pitch these short story ideas at a panel, 
who were just like you know holding up some space if they dropped if all of them dropped their space marines that was it your time was up get off we're not having you <laughs> but but that that was quite that was quite an interesting idea i thought um and uh, i think a young lady called alex won um pitching a story about some about an imperial guard tank crew being assaulted by some tyranids oh yeah so i thought that was quite a clever little little thing they did which possibly wasn't um advertised as no, well no, as that sounds bit. really cool showing up and getting a chance to yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's probably not Joe a bad idea not to advertise it either it probably wasn't a bad idea because think how many people would show up just for that well, if they pay 65 pounds a head i'm sure black library wouldn't mind well that's true but i think i think to do that you would you have to have the love of it anyway yeah. So I think I think a lot of those people were there anyway. In fact, I know there's a group of people who used to be on the Black Library um, forums who've now got their own forum, which is very closely linked with authors, who came in a little group and they're all they all talk to each other. Like submission dates come up for Black Library when they're looking for authors, they all talk to each other, critique each other. So there's already a kind of group like that at the events anyway. Who are always going to come, and they you find you see them walking around. And they know the authors almost. You know, they're at these events kind of every time. Okay, so it, it does attract those people so anyway. Were all the pitches forty k pitches, or were there any fantasy pitches? There was one fantasy pitch got turned down. They actually turned around and said, "Are there any f- fantasy pitches?" One almost one got through to the final, um, which was quite interesting um, about uh, <clears throat> about some dwarfs. Um, but uh, I can't. I can't even remember what it was now. But there was. I think there was only two. Well, it doesn't matter. Dwarfs are boring anyway. Yeah, it was quite an interesting story. But I think <laughs> he included a special character, and it was like, well, we're not really looking for that. It's like you, oh, your first attempt, okay. they're never going to let you touch a special character. No, you're not writing um, anything for. A although the probably or... the best pitch of them all was um, Bill King, writer of the original Gotrek and Felix and right. the Ragnar Black Main series, Space War series, right, and, and uh, Thought got up. To uh, they did a, a, they used every single, um, every single kind of blurb piece off the back of a book you could ever want to see. You know, they were they were rapid firing them at each other in in a land of darkness. Two brothers were born, and this went on. They they detailed this story, which um, echoed a TV show, and uh, and ended up dancing around singing Karaz to the Dallas theme tune, which was. <laughs> quite surreal but you could look at these two guys and you could tell that they're very good friends okay and both very mischievous <laughs> and there was something incredibly hilarious about them jumping up and down singing their little song with their pitch and they got rejected okay. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was most disappointing but that was kind of the whole atmosphere of the thing so it was, it was really just the whole the whole i mean it was just with that few people it was just like a like a almost like a sounds like it was a like a close group of friends almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the, all the authors, they do get, to, they get to meet each other all the time and they genuinely look like friends. Um, and then you see these groups of people talking to the authors and you kind of know they've talked to each other and they're friends. But as the authors walk past you and you're like, oh, sorry, mate, blah, 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 and have a little chat, genuinely, they were all open to talk to you. Um, I mean, they all went in the bar straight afterwards. They're all in their little groups and whatever. But if you if you went and spoke to someone, they'd stop. They wouldn't. You wouldn't ever feel like you were in the way. Cool. And, and it felt That's kind really, of awesome. Really genuine. I mean, Gav walked past me at one point 
when I was talking to Ben. I said, are we going to go and see Gav? And all he heard was Gav. So he turns around and looks at me. And I'm like, sorry, Gav, I don't actually want to talk to you. I just want, you know. But he was like, oh, all right, mate, and just carries on. And it was, <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no pretension about, about any of them, really. They're all very – I stopped Jim, Jim Swallow, and he's – I said something about Fear to Tread, about how I loved it and whatever. And he's, he's genuinely pleased to kind of converse with people and, and – and do that say which is nice when i've seen some other authors and you think oh you're a bit up yourself um and some of my very big authors uh, have been like that but these guys are all very approachable and and there's a real kind of chemistry amongst them as well yeah yeah which, I, I i would i would agree with at least which the first part of what you said I've, I've had a few books signed by a few people and some are really just like they're really ex- excited to be there and talk with the people and and some are just like, yep, here's your signature, go away. Yep, don't you know who I am? You know, <laughs> that, that kind of, there can be that kind of attitude, and it's easy to get. I mean, you've got people like, you know, Dan now, it's told how many books, Graham McNeil. Right. You know, they've got awards coming up, the Wazoo. Um, Which must be and, and the artist as well, because, um, as I said, they did the art things, and and Neil Robertson, I think it is, and another guy were there, and they're happy to kind of talk through their art and what they've got there with anyone even with three random people from three random women in the bar who had nothing to do with it they were chatting to them for you know an hour or so wow so chatting up ladies in a bar yeah there you go Uh, absolutely who's gonna blame them (laughs) well well they were essex girls so anyone in england will know it's not hard um moving on all right, so so you go through the whole weekend, and like I said, we are going to get to to your to the to the to the different seminars you had, or you know, different talks you'd gone to. But so you go through the whole weekend, and and how does this wrap up? How does this, uh, you know, how do we? Well, there was it went till lunch on pretty much lunch on a, on a Sunday, and then there was a a secret heresy announcement was left at the end. And it was all like, oh, what's, is this going to disappoint? You know, when you see something like that, you're like, well, what could it really be? Right. And apparently there was a rumor going around about a movie, which got put down within about a minute of the heresy announcement starting. It was like, we wouldn't release a movie in the middle of Nottingham to 200 people. It's not going to happen. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. But there was, a, there was a lot of chat. Um and revealed the big news. We had Dan Abnett there, and we had Neil Robertson there, who's the the heresy artist. Okay. And they revealed that they're doing a five hundred, um, sorry, a hundred page um, graphic novel, which is the follow on story from No No Fear. Okay. Uh, which follows the one of the main um, altering characters chasing after the bad guys at the end of that book. And they showed us four stills from four um, images from the from the graphic novel, which are actually on the Black Library website now as well. Okay, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, Dan Abnett's writing it. Dan Abnett's history is comic books. That's where he started. He writes for 2000 AD and whoever. He writes right now. He writes Resurrection Man for DC. I've been reading and it. DC, yeah, DC as well. You know, he's he he built his name from comic books. He moved from comic books to to. To novels, so yeah, it's in good hands there. It's in good hands with Neil Robinson. Uh, Robertson, I think, it is. should check that really. Um, and <laughs> it, and the Heresy crew as a whole, it feels in good hands. They've already said that this is coming out. I think the tagline is it's a 500 million pound movie in your hands. That's what they want. 
you know, it's going to have spaceships crashing into things and nice. other spaceships. All the stuff you couldn't afford to do in a movie, they can do Absolutely. that in a comic book, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. So there's going to be some, that's going to be awesome. And they've already said their intention is to do more. They're already considering doing the battle for Prospero because Prospero Burns doesn't actually cover the battle um, so much. And it's covered a bit in Thousand Sons. Okay. So they they feel there's enough story there to tell in a in a comic, in a graphic novel, comic book, whatever you cool. want to call it. So we we could see more, which is really quite exciting. I think a lot of people felt I've, I've seen a bit of you know some people have felt let down with oh it's just a graphic novel. Personally, it's more Horace Heresy. It's in a different format. It is going to be. The, all the hardback books that are coming out, it's going to be in the same format as that when it comes out, same size. So it's all going to fit nicely on the shelf. They, they thought of everything with this. <laughs> so it's all going to look neat. And, I, I, yeah, I can't wait for it. It's going to be amazing. Excellent. So, all right. Um, so that was the big announcement. And I'm actually looking forward to that, too. I love I, – yeah, I collect comic books. So to get a, to get a new uh, – to get a new, uh, new, new, like you said, a new version of any of this stuff, a new format is is always is always fun. Um, yeah. Plus, the artwork is going to be really cool. I mean, it's going to be really oh, cool I've, to see it. I've seen, yeah, you know, seen those first four frames um, that are, are part of it, and they they look brilliant. And if you look at any of the Horace Heresy cover art, that there's one guy who does all of it. So, um, I mean, some of the latest stuff, particularly, is amazing. So uh, yeah, I have faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and I both. I'm, you know, I, I know I'm a bit of a fanboy. Uh, I have the reputation, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself. So uh, you know what? Let's let's move on to the different uh, the different you know groups you you sat in on and and some of the cool stuff that was that was ch- talked about because I'm certain you know people want to hear that. Sure. Um, well, we started off in the morning with a Horace Heresy audio. Which was, you know, I thought, yeah, you know, how much can I get from from a, a seminar about the audio of the Horace Heresy? But we had we had uh, James Swallow, um, Christian Dunn's the, the I say the editor, um, John French and Gav Thorpe were in it, and they were really open about kind of what it takes. James Swallow's done lots of audio stuff before this, so he was instrumental. Um, and there was a lot of lot of questions coming in about Garrow. Um, if anyone's read the Heresy, Garrow is uh, my favorite character. character. He, a lot of people's favorite character. He appears in the in the novels in a, a very pivotal role, and then his story is taken up in a potentially kind of as pivotal role in the audio dramas, and they're brilliant. I mean, his his arc is like one of the the, the key arcs that people love to hear. I will admit, I haven't heard any of the audio. It's just, I haven't been able to get a hold of any of it. I haven't, you know, when I've got my extra money and I'm looking at the Black Library site, I'm ordering books. Yeah, it's, the the audios are expensive, um, even for audio. Yeah, I mean, it's because a lot of them are like a one-hour story, and it's like, okay, that's that's a pretty short story yeah. for for the cost and i'm not complaining i mean i've heard their top-notch quality and eventually i will get around to listening to them if for no other reason than garo is such a he was the first character in any of the books that you hit that like okay granted he was a space marine so he's not like us but he was more like us than the Mornival, the primarchs all these other 
Yeah, he uh, he had to deal with very human issues. Right. I mean, just uh, I mean, he, yeah, just having him when he found out what was going on, just the anguish and all of the hurt and from the common. I mean, I hate to say the common space marine soldier, but yeah. it's it's that sort of feel. You have all these epic characters like Horus and the Primarchs and all the people directly below him, and here you've just got a, a, a you know a grunt, a rank and file soldier. Who yeah. gets thrust into a huge position, and just to to see the the, the pain he's put through when Absolutely. he finds out what's going on was just it was brilliant. It, it Flight of the Eisenstein might be my favorite of the books. It really might be. Uh, it's and, uh, definitely in the top ones. Couple. It's a common choice as well as being one of the favorites. Well, the good news for you is you might not have to listen to the audios. Oh. Because um, the the story will continue. Uh, as I say, the arc he is on is integral part of 40k as well as 30k. Um, he he has a part to play in that. James Swallow confirmed that there will be. I mean, everything that's released on audio will eventually be in a book. Oh, okay, good. We, yeah, which is really good. They they've started to do it already. Um, and that goes for the limited edition novellas and things like that as well. Everything will be printed in the the same format at one point. Okay. It might take some time. James Swallow said that when he does the Garrow short story collection, it won't be a short story collection. It will be a novel that weaves the short stories into it. Oh, nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was... So a- even if you've heard them all, you're not just reading what no. you've heard. You are... Getting a, a bigger story in which these are parts. Absolutely. So you'll be reading and then suddenly pick up, oh, yes, this is Sword of Truth. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll read that bit. And, and they also, I mean, they also talked in the, in the thing that they, they limit the, they're limited on what they can do by the size of a CD. So a CD is 73 minutes or right. something of that audio. So they are starting to do some double CDs, which they've already started to do, and that will proceed as well. Um, but they, they can only do so much. So there are scenes that will be cut out. So all those will go into the novels. Uh, the short stories will be extended, will ha- be unabridged, as it were. So Oh, so even the short stories, will there will be more to them. They'll be fleshed out a lot more. Not, yeah, not all of them, but some of them might have an extra scene or two that was taken out just for editing purposes to make it fit. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. But oh. even before that, even before James Swallow's book comes out about Garrow, they are going to be doing, releasing a book of scripts. So all the audio they've done for the Heresy will have a script book. Oh, okay. With annotations and things like that. So that's coming out some point next year. I can't remember when. The notes. But um, so that, I thought that was quite interesting as well. That could be quite a, an eye-opening. Little oh, sure, thing sure. What, yeah. You know, it's, always, it's always nice to see kind of how things are done. So, yeah, I, it was it was really quite interesting. They really actually captivated you as we were talking. I mean, they they announced that they've got like a whole year's worth of audio planned out. Um, we've got, let me think, we've got Wolf Hunt that takes back to um, Outcast Dead, which is a book that you will get up to at some point. Um, there's a, <laughs> Try there's, a, there's an audio uh, story that's going to come out that follows directly on from that and deals kind of ties up there's some issues with that that are left a little bit fuzzy but that will weave them together um thief of revelation which is i believe i'm trying to make sure i get the right ones with the right ones um we magnus has has uh 
at the end of Prospero Burns, Magnus is in a, uh, a very kind of limbo place. The, yeah, say. I didn't quite understand where they, they, they were in some sort of, I mean, were they in the warp? I mean, I meant, I meant mentally. Oh, okay. Because he's, he's, he's in, he, he's not quite, you know, he's very up in the air. There's very open. It's a blank canvas at the moment, really. Um, that's he's right. Cause what's his name? Was just saying how he 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 once he got there, he didn't talk to anybody. He didn't do anything. He just sat no. and like meditated. He's got to come to terms with what's going on and and choose his path. Tell you, tell um, me, tell me how heartbreaking that was to see. Oh no, it wasn't. I'm a Space Wolves fan. Oh, but no, I mean, not, not that they got trash. Just <laughs> oh no, it was the whole fall. Yeah, the whole fall. It was. Yeah, I mean, just to, to watch that one was. No, I, I don't, I'm not going to throw in spoilers because we are going to start doing some Horace Heresy book by book garage hammer or garage gamers. But just, I mean, wow, he had no idea. He had no idea. No. And then when it hit him, it was like, holy crap, I've been wrong all along. Yeah. And it was Absolutely. just like, no way. And it broke your heart. You know, I mean, I tried to feel bad for Fulgrim, but he acted so strangely. It was just almost hard to, I don't yeah. know, it was hard for me to sympathize with him. And Horace's when Horace fell, I, as much as I love the the original trilogy, that one part was like a little bit rapid. Yes. It was a little weak. It was almost like, and I hate to compare the two because, but you know, in in Star Wars Episode Three, when Anakin finally switches, it was just like yeah. it was like yeah. someone just flipped a switch. Absolutely, you know, yeah, and that's it was exactly like what I was going to say, and it was the, the the I didn't, you know, flipping a switch just didn't quite. But it was cool once again to see some of the overlaps. You're getting into all these other stories, and then you see what Magnus is doing, and you're like, oh wait, I remember that from book like two. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Thief of Revelation is is because Magnus has a journey to make now to get where he needs to be in the story. Thief of Revelation is kind of his story about how he makes his mind up as it were. Okay. Um, to leave it as open as possible. Um, I mean, there's, there's going to be one about the, the Sigilite, um, who's the Emperor's right-hand man, um, which is really good because we still don't know a huge amount about him. There's, there's lots of little things like that. No, but there's did, going to be... Didn't he... He popped up in Flight of the Eisenstein. He was the guy who stopped... Gar like, told Garrow he's not going to get to see the Emperor. Yes. He, okay. Uh, yeah, I had uh, no idea who that dude was. Yeah. I think, yeah, the Sigilite appears quite a lot. He's a, a very pivotal role um, and is very linked with Garrow. When you finally get to do that, there's a whole, the Garrow thing. And the Sigilite's going to appear, we found out, a bit more. There's going to be more of him because he's kind of the Emperor's, you know, um, proxy, as it were. The Emperor's detained doing his thing. Yeah. The Sigilite has the power to act as the Emperor. So he's he's an extremely important role in the in the story. Okay, but we got so we got we got more books. I won't go into the more books. There's lots of stuff coming out. Um, they are releasing every book in audio, full audio, um, unabridged. That, that I heard and that excited me because I wanted to pick up the Horace Heresy original trilogy. I love audio books. Harrison enjoys audio books, and I couldn't wait. To hear these, and when I saw them released, Black Library put the first three books, and it was like abridged. I'm like, oh no, no, I don't. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I never understood the abridged. I mean, I understand there's people who you know are like, just give me the short version of it. But that's that's uh, I, you know, I, I can't, as a person who loves to read and teaches literature, chopping up someone's work for just the sake of yeah. time. It just 
I oh. think it's something that something came out. You know, they really didn't know how the heresy was going to go down, and that kind of shows in in the way the books have come out. They started off; they put out three books, and then they kind of saw where they kind of made it up as they went along a little bit. You know, oh, we have to tell this story. Oh, we have to do this. A little bit more organised than that, and I think part of I think them being unabridged was part of that. They didn't really have a set plan. Um, over the last, they've got a guy in called Laurie Goulding, who's like the, the keeper of the heresy law kind of thing. Um, is he the guy who you know we've always known? Sorry, is that the guy who's who, who he knows all you know the stuff we don't? Oh know no, yet? there's there's another guy. There's a there's a games workshop have a guy I can't remember his name who knows everything to do with everything to do with Games Workshop. Um, Laurie Golding is the man who's put in charge. I, I, I might have got this slightly wrong, but he's the man put in charge of making sure that anything that happens now happens and doesn't contradict and is correct and thing. So he's like his... He's continuity. Right-hand man, yeah. Okay. Um, so... Um, what was I going to say then? It's gone. So yeah, he, he announced that we are they are releasing... As the new books come out, they will be released with unabridged audio they are also going back and starting with Flight of the Eisenstein they are going back and will periodically release every book once every book's out they will then go back and do the original three okay which is good news for people really you know a lot of people like to listen to books rather than read them exactly so. I think that's great I think that just opens another another avenue for more people to to get these stories yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the more the more people get, yeah, the more access to it, the better. You know, they're obviously going to make money off of it, so it's fine. There was also one. There was one line in this um, this seminar that came out, and nothing was said about it until like just before I was about to leave. I spoke to Christian Dunn. I said, and that will be covered in the podcast. And I looked at Ben. Oh, podcast! When we made a note, and then later on, I went and asked him. I said, so podcast? What's that all about then? He said, yep. Yeah, next year there will be a Black Library podcast they will be doing hosted by ben curry <laughs> i did tell him he to get in there and offer his services well you know he does um, he does mantic the daily and the and the monthly i mean you know absolutely. go past your trifecta get a fourth yeah too right <laughs> um, so that's going to be um they're actually going to do a proper audio um play a radio play which okay. is going to be which is going to cover over the episodes of that. So just talking and sound effects, which sounds quite cool. And then they're also going to do, have an author on, chat a little bit, things like that. So that I thought that was a really big thing. They just kind of threw out there. And I don't know how many people kind of picked up on it. So keep your eyes out for that. And Oh, no kidding, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's one's, that one's going straight on the iTunes, I think. Yeah, no And I mean, you, so they're going to do audio dramas... Like just recorded for the podcast, I believe. Yeah, an actual um, or, uh, an actual radio play. Oh, okay, yeah. So oh, no that's... narration, just talking and sound effects. So like the old time radio. Oh, I love old time yeah, radio. I'm exactly. Such a dork. So if that's done well, that's you know it's a brilliant medium. Oh yeah, it's still, it's still going. You know, it's strong in certain areas now. So absolutely. That, yeah, and they just threw it out there. I don't know, it was a bit a bit funny, but it was good. And no one <laughs> and no one no one caught. <laughs> No one, well, no one, caught no on one to that. really talked about it. No one mentioned it until you know Ben and I, Marcus and I, kind of had a little chat about it. But I thought, wow, I thought that that needs expanding on. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I think I mean I, I think I think that's we're done with the audio. So it was a they gave us a long list of releases, more than I thought. I thought already. I thought, oh, they're telling us more stuff than I thought they will. 
So that's quite interesting. Yeah, no <laughs> I kidding. If they're allowed to say all that. <laughs> so, so we well, moved on. What are the seminars? Moved on, yeah, we moved on to. I mean, they did two Horace Heresy seminars, just called Horace Heresy, and they, they involved seven authors and Laurie Golding himself, and they talked about. Um, what's coming up, and then asked, answered a load of questions. One of which, I have to say, it, people who listen and know the heresy, there's a picture of the, the cover of the Sigilite, or Sigilite, however you pronounce it, um, and it's got two skulls on the front of it, and those skulls have uh, Roman numerals on, and it's 2 and 11, I think it is, which uh, are the two, those, two numbers of the Lost Legions. Those are, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So every single seminar, someone asked, uh, those numbers, does that mean we're going to see the Lost Legions? And the answer was categorically, before we even finished, no. No, no. the Lost Legions are lost. They, you know, every, every, every saga's got to have its mystery, and I think they're going to leave the Lost Legions. You might find out little snippets we already have in the heresy more than we've known before. So they've been expunged <laughs> from all records. They have. Um, if you follow through kind of the heresy books and that we know they were found the primarchs were found and then they've been expunged okay and you can read between the lines to find out what happened um but we'll never know uh, unless they change their minds yes yeah, like i said <laughs> that's something that made me curious did they fall to chaos like and he found them and they, they or i mean were they dead when he found them i would find that hard to believe as but. you as you read through the books you'll find clues and hints and little snippets of what possibly could have happened, but nothing concrete. Okay, and they're just so going to leave that a mystery. Yeah, well, that, they said that. And that's kind of it was. A, it was a popular question, so I thought I'd, I'd mention yeah, it. No here. kidding. Um, I mean, they, they they again they listed a lot of a lot of a lot of things going on. We're going to see you know, a White Scars novel that Chris Rate's going to write. He wrote the uh, latest limited edition Brotherhood of the Storm, which was absolutely brilliant. And if anyone hasn't, if anyone's into Black Library and hasn't read a Chris Wright novel, his Battle for the Fang he did for Space Wolves for 40k is amazing. And he did the Sword of Justice and Sword of Vengeance um, for Ooh. the Empire. I read Sword of Justice. I haven't read Vengeance yet. Oh, um, uh, is that just a two book series? Yes. Okay, so yes. I thought it was going to be a trilogy. So and then I saw the book coming out as a pair. I was like, oh, would they run out of steam on that one? But. So Volkmark the Grim is amazing in that. So I, I would recommend those two books to anyone. They are brilliant. Oh, I, I absolutely loved Sword of Justice. Uh, yeah, um, Schwartzhelm was just—he was such a fun character. Yeah, to, to, ra to wrap into mean bad mofo. Oh yeah, he really is. And when you see Volkmark the Grim, this is post being killed by Archeon, resurrected by Belakor, strapped to his own chariot and tortured for however long. Um, he's he's mental, <laughs> and, and it's written really well. Um, so yeah, so we had we had these you know the, the, all these authors talking about um, where we're going with the books, um, and even with just story arcs. So there's a kind of they've got a lot more organised. They know where they're going. They they've got their path lined out. The first thing they said was the series will be double its length at least before it's finished. So we're looking at least 50 books before we get to... They are going to... I mean, eventually Horus is going to get to Terra and fight the Emperor. Yeah, the Battle of Terra will be done. You can't leave it. And even um, they even mentioned that there are some stories that the payoff doesn't come till post 
terror. Okay. It's linked in 40K. There are are stories being told now that actually deal with 40K stuff, um, stuff that doesn't necessarily happen in 30K in the same way. Um, So how they deal with that, I don't know. There is another thing they mentioned is once they've dealt with heresy, they might move to other times in the 40K timeline. So there's the um, scouring, which they, after the heresy, they went and made sure that all the heretics were taken out of the Imperium, things like that. And and then you, all, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, it's a massive setting for oh, I mean, Warhammer 40,000. Literally, it's a 40,000 year timeline. I mean, Absolutely. right now they're dealing with 100 years out of maybe, out of that with the heresy, which yes. isn't even, not, not that long. It's not even that long. Um. And as a person who's never, like I said, I've never played 40K really. I never, I just, only fluff I ever got was from reading the rule book and being interested enough. And you guys, I mean, you actually, you were the one on our forums who was like, dude, really? You're reading all the, you got to tr- at least try it. I'm like, all right. And I'm like <laughs> completely hooked. And I read stuff and I don't even know, like, I don't know the yeah. story. Like, you know, I hear people talking about Alpha Legion, and at the end of that book, I'm like, wait, are they good guys or bad guys now? I don't know what the hell's going on here. And I asked my friend Brian Steele, and he just he, his his text response is, <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. <laughs> come on. I don't blame him. It's so hard to get that balance right that sometimes it's just not worth saying anything. Oh. <laughs> There's, um, we, we're looking at, so we're looking at a story arc um, they're calling The Silent War which deals with all those little bits that go around the actual big fighting, and Garrow's a major feature in that. Okay. Um, we're looking at the books have reached the point where the next um, book, this uh, Unremembered Empire, which is a book that's going to be coming out next year, starts to deal with the Imperium uh, Secondus, which is uh, where the Space Marines try. They think, they think they've pretty much kind of lost terror kind of thing. They assume they start to set up their an Imperium to kind of grow off, you know. Okay. Hence the name Imperius Secundus. So there's a whole arc there. When did they that say happen? That, um, a little while yet. You'll but get I'm, there. I'm saying it's not. It's. I mean, it's it's somewhere around the time of the heresy. It's not. Oh, during the heresy. Yeah. Okay. Dur- okay. Yeah, it's the Primarchs, a uh, few Primarchs going, well, what's going on? We need to make sure that, you know, we need to solidify, gra- gather everyone together. You know, it's the good guys going, we need to build a platform to fight from. Okay. Uh, that's, it's, it's quite, it's known as being there without ever being kind of expanded. So they're, they're, they're expanding into that. Of course. So they've got, they've got their, um, they've got their plan out and it seems quite kind of, they know what they're going to do. God, it's um, like printing money. Absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> they said that all the Primarchs will be covered, you know, in their own little, at least, novella short story. So if people are worried, oh, we haven't seen this Primarch, well, they'll be covered. They'll be background, you know, you'll be able to... Um, Angel Exterminatus just came out deals with a bit of Perturabo's background. Okay. And actually, he's become... I love him. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> know, that's, and that's a testament to how they write this stuff, because I remember seeing Angron... And I'm like, yes. okay, I mean, his name, everything. I mean, it's 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 almost cheesy when you get to that. You know, they're yeah. all an aspect of the emperor, Angron. I'm like, through and through. And then, but like even like the short story for Angron, I was like, wow, they made a guy who is nothing but pure rage and killing interesting. 
Yes. They, they made this guy really actually quite fascinating. It's got levels of killing and death. Yeah, <laughs> there's layers. Yeah, in the, that's it. <laughs> like an onion or a parfait. <laughs> He's the onion of 40k. <laughs> um, oh my god! Oh, we got. Um, um, they, they will. There will be. Um, one of the questions asked was, "What about the Xenos influence around this time?" Um, and they, yeah, they said that there, there will be, there won't ever be an, an alien-centric book in the Heresy, but they will feature. You know, oh, okay. The, the Elder don't just sit and watch. No, you know, don't, don't sit and watch the Imperium tear itself apart and possibly feed, you know, their greatest enemy in Slanesh. That's not that's not their way. Right. They will be nosy and get involved. Well, so we had a taste of them in uh, Legion, which was just yes. I mean, once again, talking about wetting a person's appetite and then leaving them, leaving them hanging. Yes, the end of Legion was quite a shock. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first of those when you hit the book with the, where I, I I was hit with a revelation. I went, huh? Like you know, I know there's parts I don't know, but that when you read the end when they're talking to the head of the yes. Alpha Le- the Primarchs of the Alpha Legion, and you're just, I'm just we're just going, what? Wait, what? Yeah, that that changes the 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 whole kind of perception yeah of of the alpha legion and their story i am 99 percent sure will just get more and more convoluted from what i've read kind of what i can kind of possibly see coming it could be completely wrong but that that kind of it's not finished there's a lot more confusion and and it's i don't think it's as straightforward as even that showed (laughs) Um, well like i said if 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 they're able to make Engron have layers and actually make l- the lion, because yeah. I, I did finish uh, not to uh, fallen angels, not descent of angels, fallen yes. angels, and you get to the end of that book and it's like, wait a minute, he's actually a little more interesting than I thought too. Like, yeah. you know, he's still kind of a kind of a douche, but like I don't hate him anymore. They make them. <laughs> you, you know what it is? They're able to make the character sympathetic. It's like they have shortcomings, and they may be. Because I know everybody. I guess I don't know well enough, but everybody says Rogel Dorn is a is a horrible, horrible person. No, no, no. I've not said that. I didn't. Okay. I, I, everybody. Not, I, 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 I've, I've, I will say it to anyone. His character is, and they actually said this. Um, he's pompous, arrogant, and something else, which makes him. Not likable, not sociable. You wouldn't go up and give him a hug. Um, <laughs> but the, the Imperium needed needs, a, you know, there's no other characters quite like that. So he's there. And having read later on, I'm, you know, I'm 99% sure that he's going to have some amazing pieces to do. That doesn't stop me not liking the way he acts when, when he's told bad news, for instance, in Flight of the Eisenstein. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, and then later on... That was actually kind of frightening. <laughs> exactly, and it's like, oh, you know, this is possibly the biggest news you're ever going to hear, and you respond in that way. Okay, all but, right, you know, what's, great, and, though, what's great, though, is the second reaction, the secondary reaction when he, yes. when he sees the vid is like... Oh, oh. Yeah. and then you yeah. see the uh, and watching a Primarch have a similar reaction to Garrow's reaction was yeah. just brilliant. And then he doesn't show up again until uh, I'm, what I'm reading uh, Nemesis now, and he's he, he, yeah, he actually appears in lots of little bits because because of the nature of what his job is um, before and during the Heresy, he's not integral in the storyline in that respect. Um, he appears 
through various bits, you'll, you'll meet him and his warriors, and his warriors share similar traits. Um, you know, oh, I've got my rules, and uh, this doesn't say you're allowed to do that. You know, they're very much they're, they're by the book. I see, and uh, and that's Dawn's a much is a stickler for you know this is the way we do things. Um, right. So yeah, but even he, particularly actually, he's better in the in that in uh, false gods when he appears, or is it? No, it's not. It's in Horus Rising. He appears to Logan. Oh, okay. He's more, he's more relaxed in that. He's less of the person that he becomes in those other books, but. <laughs> That character needs to appear because there are no other characters like that. Gotcha. And and actually that that role, we're doing it again. We're discussing yeah, we the are. books of the character. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on. So see, folks, uh, this is what happens if you haven't read this yet. If you're, I mean, <laughs> this is a fantasy podcast, and I know we're spending a lot of garage gamer time, and we're going to be talking about Horus Heresy because it's just this fun. I mean, whether yeah. you like. I know I've heard recently on other podcasts that they don't think they're very well written. Uh, I heard a great review that basically said all the Space Marine books are like this. I'm so sweet. No, I'm so sweet. Well, let's fight and who sees the, who the sweetest is. And it's, you know, I've heard it referred to as bolter porn. Um, there are some books like that. But, but the thing I, is, if you, I don't think that gives the books enough credit for what they do. Um, we'll go into it. I think we will go into it when we do a podcast. Horace Rising, I re-listened to it and I... It's been five and a half years since I read that book, and it amazed me how good it was. It oh. really did. These books win awards. They're on the New York Times bestseller list for a reason. You don't get that from being from having a Games Workshop fan base. Exactly. I mean, it, it, if, if, if it was just – if you have a, a big popular game and the fan fiction, then all those Magic the Gathering novels would be <laughs> exactly. would be number one bestsellers, every last one of them, and they're not. For a reason, you know, um, and even if you don't like the way the stories are written, the story, the yeah. big story. There's, there's, there's no, there's no bigger story possibly in sci-fi. People be kept telling pressed. me that 40k is much better fluff than fantasy, and I'm like, get out of here, fantasy's awesome. And then it's, whoa, damn, it's you'd have big. to look at maybe Star Wars. Maybe you know, there's a lot of books on Star Wars. Yeah, but. But you know, it's not. They're not. You know, the I, I can't remember. Well, oh, I heard, and talk about another one that uh, you look at the arching story, not the way it's told. Episodes one, two, and three. I'm looking at you. The the the. If you were to tell somebody the story of what happens, it's excellent. Yes. You watch the way it was put together. Maybe not as maybe not as excellent as you'd like it to be. You know. Uh, the same thing here. Even if you're not a fan of the way the stories are told, you got to admit the damn story is. Absolutely, it's it's massive. It's uh, the scope of it is huge, and it's done really well. Um, in in that context, com- moving on from then, what, sure. a, what a smooth that was. Um, <laughs> they did confirm that you know every story you expect to be told will be told. So there's a, a famous battle on Talan, um, which the the tagline for the weekend was ten million tanks. Yeah, what was um, that all about? I kept seeing that showing right. up. Talan's a famous, uh, famous world in 40k, and it's a famous battle. It's the largest tank battle in the whole of the Heresy. Um, it's an irradiated planet where humans can't walk around because they'll just die. Space Marines, of course, can lock their plate down and survive. Um, 
So it was, it's a, a war fought with some space marines and 10 million tanks. <laughs> and titans and things like that. So that's, that's a story that's going to be told. There's, you know, they've, they're going to get everyone into the right place. They're not going to just, oh, and suddenly, you know, Magnus became what he becomes and drops here. All of a sudden, Horus isn't just a Primarch. He's a, a chaos-infused Primarch. There's, there's a journey to take before that. And they're going to cover all those stories, which is... I think some people were a bit worried that there might be a little bit, um, kind of a, a short shift to that. Um, they're even going to cover um, Isfan 5 and the aftermath of that, which they have touched on in some of the audio, but there's still a lot of questions from that. Um, okay. One of the titles of a book to come is called Vulcan Lives. Um, and Vulcan, for people who don't know, is the Primarch of the Salamanders. Um <laughs> but it might not be, you know, Vulcan lives, um, as Christian Dunn replied to me, or sorry, Nick Kimber replied to me, um, for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's lots to be done in that. Um, all, all across, you've got the, the, the Alpha Legion have got a massive part to play. And there's a lot of the heresy that we don't know about, which actually might be expanded about now because they're going to re-release or reissue a new issue of the Collected Visions book. I've been wanting to pick that up uh, forever. Right, don't. Because the new one is different. Okay. okay. Um, Collected Visions was... Uh, they, Games Workshop did a, a, a Horace Heresy card game, um, which kind of bombed, I think. Um, but a lot of the artwork they then put into these books and told the story of the heresy. This is where... This is where the Emperor's plan and what, why he left the Great Crusade, that was the first place it was actually, we were actually told what he was up to, was in Collected Heresy. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of information going on there. They're re-releasing it, or we would say issuing a new one with loads of new artwork. None of the artwork, because they even had artwork from the cards in it. So they're, they're completely redoing it. They're also expanding the storylines a little bit. And they said that kind of every page in that is going to be a book or, or already have a book. Okay. So that's one I'm going to be getting. I've got my old Visions books on the shelf. I might eBay them before the new one comes out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, and that's going to be a real kind of – that's going to be a real big thing. You could, you know, you could, just for the artwork as much no, as anything no. else. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that too. Um. I'm just looking through my notes if you hear me turning pages and things like that. Um, there is, um, <clears throat> oh, that's all non-heresies. I mean, to be honest, we, I could talk forever about the heresy on there. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I won't do that. So, oh, the Interrects, um, who appear in the first book, the human race that Horace oh, right. Oh, right. meets, um, th- yeah, they're, make, they're set to make a, a reappearance. Because obviously, if anyone's read the book, they're, they're quite a set up. Uh, community, as it were. Um, I just thought that was quite an interesting one, just for you, Dave. They'll yeah, be coming yeah. back. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that heresy, those heresy things, lots of questions that the authors, it's quite interesting to see when someone asked a question, like, about aliens, everyone, all three heads turned around to Graham McNeil and looked at him. <laughs> so you know that he's written something to do with the Xenos, um, and they do appear a little bit in... Um, Angel Exterminatus, and maybe other books as well. You could just see, you know, they'd ask a question and everyone would turn to Chris Rate, and you'd be like, oh, so are you doing something to do with that then? That was quite 
quite interesting. So, so did you did you get any any non any any did fantasy? You, I I went to one fantasy. Um, I went to the Ben and uh, Marcus went to a question and answer section, and, and Ben uh, Ben Curry and I dropped into the um, Time of Legends uh, seminar, okay. which was okay. markedly different from the Horus Heresy ones. There was um, distinctly less people in it, for starters, which you kind of expect. You know, it's it's not got the same kind of thing about it, but. We uh, we sat down to ask questions. I'm trying to find my notes on who was in it. So we had four authors. We had Nick Kime, Josh Reynolds, Chris Wright, and C.L. Werner, who've already um, some of them have written books already in the Time of Legends. C.L. Werner's done the uh, Skaven one, Dead Winter. Uh, Nick Kime's done the Great Betrayal, which is the first in the War of the Beards section. Great. Um, and you know, before we'd even asked any questions, it was. There are no plans for audio dramas. Um, there are no solid plans for any crossover between Time of Legends and Forge World in any in any instance at all. Unlike the Horus Heresy, which is so close that they are actually affecting each other. Um, Chris Rape was told to rewrite something to include something they want to put in a Forge World book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a there's one line where a, a name of a, a class of Titan. He said he wrote um, Warlord, uh, War- Warhound Warlord, something like Warhound Reaver Warlord, and they said, no, take Warlord out and put Nemesis in. And it was like, ah. Okay. So, wow. Th- yeah. Um, he looked a bit sheepish when I asked him about that and told me anyway. So so that's, that's going on with the heresy. There's nothing like that in the time of Legends. Um, they admitted they made a mistake with the first three. Uh, in only giving them three novels each, um, the Empire series, Sigmar, Nagash, and the Sundering. You know, those stories are too big for three novels. Um, yeah. Gray McNeil's already st- already said two years ago that there will be three more Empire novels. So Sigmar's story will continue. The other two, they're, they're kind of completed stories now. You know, because you mentioned that all three of them like had that rapid ending. Like, yes. built up, and then all of a sudden you're like, how are they possibly going to finish this? And it's like, oh, that's how quick. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, you know, they, they were kind of disappointed in that, I think, in their own way as well. But it was, I think that's just the kind of different attitude. But they were, they're looking at, they are looking at continuing with it, and they're looking at growing it. We, they're talking about doing a series on the Great War versus Chaos, which is the Magnus the Pious War versus Chaos. Okay. So the Battle of uh, Prague, is it? I can't remember. Right. The the Time of Anarian. They're looking into going back to the Elves versus the Demons proper. First right. time. Um, and not so just the final battle. Which was the thing. Not just the final battle, but the whole, the, the story of Anarian. So, you know, right from the start. They fought for hundreds of years or whatever it was. Okay. Ridiculous. Um <laughs> The Fall of Carrick Eight, eight Carrick Eight Peaks. There's one for you there. Yay! Um, one that really interested me was they're possibly talking about Jules de Breton and the forming of Bretonia. Oh, I would love to read that. Abs- yeah, it, 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 I think there was quite a few people like, oh yeah, that, that'd be really good. He's kind of French, but other than that, um, yeah, you can't you know can't have everything, can you? <laughs> Um, and they're talking about carrying on the, the... I mean, they've already got Neferatus coming out, carrying on the vampires. They're going to have a, 
a book that deals with the Lamians, the Blood Dragons, and the other ones. Oh, cool, Neferata. cool. Um, so uh, Neferata was the first, and they all link a little bit um, through that. But it really was kind of Ben asked the question, you know, are you going to feature any Lizardmen? And the answer was just basically no. Um, I mean, it would be hard to write a Lizardmen book. We understand that, but it was... Well, when Werner, whole, when Werner wrote the... the Thankful and Bone Ripper, and they wound up in Lustria. I mean, the few glimpses you got, I couldn't see writing a whole book through that. I mean, no. the Slan's mind doesn't work like anything else. The skinks That's are the closest thing to what we would consider a, a human brain. The rest of the lizard, the saurus and stuff, where I mean, lit, I mean, you, you'd see what's going on in their heads, and it's like, oh, a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Um, it would be difficult to do. But on from that, we asked, you know, what about Ind, Cathay, and, you know, the, the Kingdom of the Dragon and all that, and they just said no. And that's something I don't think GW will ever move into, but we tried. Um, <laughs> and, and it became pretty obvious. We, we were running out of questions as an audience. It was... The scope of it is is so... Um, there's so much less put into it, probably because they sell less. Uh, that they've kind of detailed what they're doing and they're not interlinked stories like the heresy. So it, it, it has less of that kind of like feel to it. Although being good, you know, I love, I loved, um, Sigmar and Nagash. I think brilliant books, but they're going to have, they're going to have that much more trouble making it a thing as it were. Right. Well, I mean, there is no, sto- there, they, and there isn't there. I mean, you could, what storm of chaos. That's not close to the scope that, the heresy takes is no, absolutely as the number of players. This, I mean, I mean, you're literally confining it to one planet. I mean, that yeah. right there. I mean, just there is. They did talk about the the fact that the nature of that does mean that every every book kind of affects every other race in a way that the heresy kind of doesn't to a certain extent. Right, is heresy very much centered on on humans and space marines? Um, but you know, the fall of Karakate Peaks means that Skaven goblins and whatever—they've all got to deal with the the outing of that and what goes on from that, which is a different kind of challenge for them. Right. But that was kind of all that was that seminar was over. You know, it was this is what we're going to do, and we were struggling to ask questions. Um, they are kind of oh, what was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we we, we were literally. It was kind of like. A bit of silence, then someone would ask, kind of, you know, see how well, oh, when you write Dead Winter, what are we going to see from the Skaven? And it was, you know, more of the same, the Skaven. <laughs> they're, they're all, you know, they're, they're dastardly, they're evil, you know, they're sneaky, but that's what they do. And it's, and it's hard to kind of go beyond that, if you understand it. It sounds right. really bad. Well, I mean, because there's so many races and they've been fleshed out for 30 years. There's 14 or 15 races and they've, I mean, you can keep writing Horus Heresy books and bring in legions and groups and and you know different group that that have n- almost n- been untouched. Yes, it's hard. There's to so do many that of with, them, right? What what they're looking at with what they are looking at with Time and Legends is you go back to Anarian and the elves are a very different beast to that you know to what they are now. Um, now they've had to kind of accept the fact that they were once the greatest race and. And now they're dwindling, and all these other races have come up, and they're a bit bitter and kind of 
their arrogance comes to the fore when they have to deal with these younger races where maybe if they hadn't, you know, we saved the world hadn't happened, they might have different relationships and things like that. So they will explore that kind of thing, but it's much more contained, I suppose, is the, is the way. But they, yeah. they, I mean, they did talk about the possibility of doing individual Time of Legend books as well, just a, a one story to be told and things like that. So okay. there's, there's potential in that, but beyond that, there wasn't a huge amount. It, it, uh, all, most of it is 40k based. Um, even in the question and answer sessions that where people have written, Chris Rates written just as many kind of Warhammer books as he has 40k books, but you know, all the questions will be about 40k. It's yeah. just the way it's weighted. Uh, that was shown in the game books section. Um, they've announced that they're not going to do any, they, they do their own, um, fighting fantasy style kind of play by page, um, adventure, choose your own adventures. That's the okay. word. So the, there's a 40k choose your own adventures and there's a couple of fantasy ones out. Um, and they've said they're not going to do any fantasy ones after the next one. Really? They're just, yeah, they're just not making any money. Uh, not making enough money, obviously. Huh. Um, the next one sounds quite interesting. You're a vampire. Um, and there are three difficulty settings. So if you play a blood drinker, you're on easy. Um, and if you play a Lamian, you're on hard. <laughs> and if you play a, a Necro or whatever, you're in the middle. Which I thought was quite an interesting huh. little thing. But that's going to be the last fantasy one. It's, it's a bit sad, really. Yeah. But I'm sure we're going we're gonna to keep seeing lots of fantasy books and everything, but it doesn't quite pick up in the same instance as Just not 40K that sense does. of scope, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? We will struggle on, is what we will do. Yes, we will. And Indeed. we'll keep reading the 40K stuff, because it's still good. Well, um, moving on, I'll I, I just quickly cover the, the artwork seminar was amazing. Okay. We saw, we saw artwork for books like Vulcan Lives, Unremembered Empire, and a couple of others. Um, if, you, if you haven't really looked at the artwork, it's phenomenal. Uh, particularly, this was for Heresy, um, the only one I went to. It's amazing. Um, Neil Robertson does a brilliant job. Uh, he puts little Easter eggs in as well. With, like, um, I can't give some away, but if, you, if you've read a book, go and look at the actual poster rather than the book cover. Okay. Just a little hint for you. Um, and, but actually take time to look at the covers as well because they are phenomenal, especially when they're blown up to like 18 foot tall. And you can and see that, the, de- the small details. Unremembered Empire is, as I said, it was the Imperium Secondus. There's... There's four or five different legions involved in the picture, and every one of them has got a really different outlook on what's going on, and you can see it. Cool in the pictures, yeah, it's very good. Well, I look um, forward to seeing some of that. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of I like the art, but it kind of made me actually I'm going to pay more attention to it. Um, we went into the upcoming, and they just listed like a year's worth of releases. Probably more than they should have. But um, just one to look out for is the uh, advent calendar in the lead-up towards Christmas. It's going to be 21 short stories that Black Library are going to put on their website and three other little really. Things. So, yeah, um, beyond that, they didn't say... They, uh, they've done similar things, uh, like with the birthday of Black Library, they did some, I think last Christmas, they did some advent-type thing. But... You know, for people, even if I don't, I can't remember if they were free last year or not, but well worth checking out a few of those. Cool. So, um, and as I say, I, I mean, 
I was I was quite amazed at how much information we got. The the upcoming was just a list of titles mainly, um, which left you kind of mouth watering for some of them. Um, the heresy information about where they're going. They gave us more than a year's worth of kind of uh, tasters of possibly what's going to happen. Um, I think overall, I was, I'm glad I went and I'll be going next year. <laughs> great. No, you, yeah, you're definitely going next year so we can report on it again. That's, yeah, cause this, yeah, this absolutely. Is great. That helps. That helps. Um, I would recommend it to anyone. You've got to get, I think you'll have to get in fairly quick. Um, uh, I know they do a gold ticket as well where you get you go in for a half a day extra and you have a meal with the authors and you I think you can talk to them about your your writing and things like that as well um, I think it's going to sell out fairly quick um, I'm going to probably go to Black Library Live in March which is a one day thing at Warhammer World I believe okay um, I'm, I'll be interested to see if that's worth it after that weekend um, if you understand what I mean. No, I totally but, get what you're saying. But we'll, um, I say, for, for a small part, I've already got a friend who's going, so <laughs> I've got my lift sorted. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but even for the chance just to literally kind of, you know, I went and chatted to Sarah Corkwell, who's written the Valkyrie novel. Um, Jim Swallow wrote Fear to Tread and Nemesis and a number of other books. Uh, absolutely lovely guy. And chatting to him about his book and Chris Wright had a good chat with him about you know we were talking about Brotherhood of the Storm and oh you did this and he's like well yeah I really wanted the the White Scars to have this kind of thing about them and yeah we're just standing in the corridors having a chat that's um, so cool really open really good and yeah. I say they're all really welcoming well that's excellent so um, any last thoughts before we wrap up the show yeah Sorry, Whoa. I said any last thoughts before any, we wrap up the show. Any last thoughts? You, you phased out a little second. Oh, I, just, I said any last thoughts before we wrap up the show, and you said yes, and then there was this, like big pause. Yes. I was like, okay, what right. are they? Last thoughts before <laughs> I wrap up the show. Um, right, yeah, my last thoughts. Um, the heresy. It's 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 going to go from strength to strength. I have absolutely no doubt that they have built a system that will um, will provide you know continuation of what they're doing. All the authors talk to each other. It's all. I mean, even they had a green room, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've come up with some ideas today." Jeez. Oh, um, someone asked a question about the Harlequins, who are part of the Elder. Right. And right. Laurie Golden wrote down, "Oh yeah, Harlequins." Um, you know, it's some, something they're thinking about all the time. Uh, I say they've, they've got that close knit thing. The Warhammer books as well. I've been reading Black Library books for donkeys years. When I started, there was some absolute tosh. Uh, you really had to pick your books. Um, right, there are still right, some right. books that are very much um, holiday books, which keep turning the pages. But I think it's much easier. A lot of these books are very, very good. And I, you know, I, I'm going to. I bought loads. <laughs> <laughs> And the weekend itself was very good as well. I can heartily recommend it for, for next year for people. Well, and I, even if you just want to get loads of stuff signed. <laughs> well, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it went so well for you. And um, so we will. I guess uh, so. Garage Gamer Seven will be the Black Library string of episodes. So we've got Black Library weekend, and so after March we will just uh, have the Black Library Day or whatever it was called. 
Uh, Black Library Live. Black Library Live. So we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that coming out in March or April. The seven seven A. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, we can do that. That's fine. Fantastic. All right. Well, Greg, thanks for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, you know, you're part of the show, man. It's uh, bringing us all the hip and happening stuff going on in the merry old UK. So I should probably mention if I got anything wrong. Feel free to tell me, because <laughs> well, I'm sure I have. I say we were we were hastily writing stuff down. Ben was on his iPad. Marcus and I were writing stuff down, and we kept getting comments. Of, I'm sure this is going on wars here, and looking at us, and we're like, no, it's not nothing to do with that. <laughs> we're no. busy writing notes, but it's, it's hard to keep the, the the information going. And me and Marcus corrected each other a number of times with things. So um, I'm well, on Twitter. There'll be a show thread for it. So if anyone has there, and you go on the forums and correct us if we were wrong. Absolutely. Um, I see people do that anyway. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Child of Fang as well, if anyone wants to kind of contact me through that. Um, I, I'm always on there, so feel free. All right. Well, folks, that's another Garage Gamer. And uh, listen up for our regular episodes of Garage Gamer on the 10th and the 25th. And uh, gamers as, they, uh, as the need arises. So, Greg, I will talk to you soon. Absolutely. And hope to see you in a few weeks. Ciao. Right, right, let's do the yah now. I'm-